Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah. A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to Recipe Club, where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying. I am not a religious person. But the thing that always makes me wonder if maybe, just maybe, there is an all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful God in control of all existence, it is the fact that everything good is bad. It's bad for your heart. It's bad for your stomach bad for your lungs, bad for the environment, anything that feels good to eat, consume, do, drink is somehow bad for you, which leads me to believe that there is some all-knowing entity out there dictating that life should be lived in balance. Otherwise, why wouldn't there be just one thing that you love to eat or do or smoke or whatever and it's just good for everybody involved. But then the atheist side of me says, what about seaweed? Seaweed is responsible for producing something like 70% of the oxygen in our planet. It is incredibly good for the earth, incredibly good for you. It's also insanely delicious. Not just seaweed itself, but all the things that can be derived from seaweed, whether it's dashi or kelp oil or seaweed flour or all the crazy things that people can make from this miraculous seaweed. So turns out there is something that is good and good for you. It defies the very notion that an all-powerful God created a balanced universe. And in this episode, you'll hear Brian Ford, Rachel Kong, and myself discussing how we might be better apostles for seaweed, how we can convince more followers to eat this miracle food, because that's what it is. It's a miracle food. It is proof that the alien race that first seeded our civilization 5,000 years ago loved us and wanted us to be happy. So first things first, it's amazing to see the progress that seaweed has already made in America, but there's so much further we can go with seaweed and so many more people that could be eating this really delicious thing. There is, to be sure, a branding problem here. Seaweed is an algae, which is not something most of us like to hear in reference to something we're eating. It's also got one of the crappiest names in the whole food canon. Seaweed is just incredibly unappetizing as a name. It's green and it can be slimy, but I'm here to tell you, if you can see past some of that, you will be richly rewarded. So let's start today with a recipe from Recipe Club listener Rita Lee. 
Rita is a student from Thailand, currently living and studying in Japan. And she says that this recipe for a seaweed and pork meatball soup gives her a welcome taste of home. Usually at this point, I direct you guys to an interview that I did with whoever sent in their recipe, but we couldn't get a hold of Rita after she sent in her initial email. So Rita, if you're hearing this, we're looking for you. Are you okay? We want to meet you. Hit us up. We've been trying to trying to track you down. Speaking of meeting people for the first time, I just wanted to quickly say that Dave Chang and I very recently got to sit down and break bread for the first time ever with Brian Ford while we were on a quick trip to New York. And it's insane. We've done God knows how many podcasts with Brian since the start of the pandemic. And he's come so far in his career since we first met. Make sure you check out his new show on Magnolia Network. And it was just such a pleasure to finally hang out with him in person. And of course, he is fun as hell to be around. We had a really great dinner at Claude, uh, the new restaurant from Josh Pinsky and uh, a bunch of other Momofuku alums in the East Village. And we laughed like crazy and we ate too much food and we just had a blast. Damn, should we just do Recipe Club as a live event? That would be pretty fun. Uh, anyway, send your thoughts and recipes into the fixer at majordomomedia.com. Rita Lee, if you're out there, we are still looking for you. Everybody else, join the discussion about Recipe Club and all things Major Domo Media on our Discord server at majordomomedia.com slash Discord. And let's get on with the show. Welcome... Back to Recipe Club. I'm Chris Yang. I'm joined today with Rachel Kong and Brian Ford. Brian Ford. Yo. What did you just, we just watched him <laughs> stretch his <laughs> headphone cable to its limit so he could adjust something yeah. in his oven. What's up, Baker's Band? Where do you put it in there? I got some some bolillos in there, um, bacon for my cookbook photo shoot tomorrow. And I just had to sneak over there. You know, I'm sitting by the oven, sweating, doing recipe club because I, you know, I do it because I love it. I do it for the love of the game. And uh, I just had to rearrange some loaves. That's it, though. I ain't going to do it again. I ain't going to disrespect the club. I ain't going to disrespect y'all time. No, I ain't going to get listen, up. I ain't going to hear me like... If, listen, if, the, if, your, if your loaves need rearranging in the middle of the show, by all means, man, we're not going to stop you from your loaves. Well, uh, so those aren't recreational bolillos. Those are work bolillos. No, there's absolutely nothing recreational happening in this kitchen right now. Not a, not a, not a single recreational activity. Well, there might be a couple recreational activities happening, but, uh, <laughs> but, not, but not for not the Not from shoot. the bolillo perspective. Well, tell us a little bit more for, for, those, the, for the uninitiated. Talk us through what's going on right now with a like how does how does a cookbook shoot unfold for you? What's about to happen? You're cooking some bread already right now. Yeah. Um how many days? Ooh. Uh it's it's gonna be three weeks. <gasps> oh my God. It's gonna oh be God. uh with weekends off. So it's it'll be it'll be like Monday to Friday, like 16 working days. Um, we're gonna be doing 10 recipes a day. It's 150 recipes in this book, Chris Yang and Rachel oh Kong. It's a God. big, big book. And so I'm just doing some prep. You know, I'm going to bake as much as I can in advance. A lot of bread can just kind of stay good for a week or two. So I'm going to just let them, I'm going to organize them and pull them when they need them. So it's going to be pretty intense, but you know. But you are doing that. See, this is, this is the, the peeling back the curtain. I think that I would say 50% of cookbooks he's doing it. Look at him. He's adjusting his temperature. What just, what just crossed your no, mind? What no, you the timer beep. No, the, the timer beeped and I don't want it to ruin the recording. I'm, I'm, it's, it's for Professional. you. It. It's it. not recreational button mashing. No, Chris. no. Yeah. Thank it's, you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to see you cooking your own bread and you didn't farm this out to some food stylist who's just going to do it for you. That's a, nah, this is, this nah, is the you, real deal. Three weeks of real. baking. Yeah, it's a real deal, baby. That's how we do it. Oh 97 degrees, by the way. 97 oh degrees gosh. out there today. It's a hot one. Today. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> oh, my God. Two ovens on, ripping. <laughs> Rachel, what have you been What have you been cooking or eating? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I went to a barbecue at Chris Yink's in-law's house. That was pretty delicious. Wow. Had some, from, some, some grilled meats, some elote. <laughs> Curry. We hang out in real life. 
Brian Real Ford. Life. Unlike, yeah. unlike no no invite, huh? Well, you know, yeah, well. when you when you when you're when you're uh, when you're as OG as Rachel Kong. No, uh, yeah, we had a barbecue up here. Rachel came. We, um, you know, what I did. I did a like a buncha style, like DIY buncha. So, like, I grilled it's my some favorite. pork. Yeah, yeah, that's our favorite. The number forty-one. Number. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we get pho, we all want this like noodle bowl, also, but we also want pho. So we make Chris order one for the table. That's the tradition. <laughs> okay. Um, and the server the calls big him guy, Big Guy. Make Big Guy order second second entree. Second uh, entree for but, Big Guy. So I made this. I made this thing. So I like I, I for a barbecue. Like I had to sandbag this. I was I was gone the day before. I had very little time to prep for this barbecue of like forty something people. So I grilled a bunch of pork meatballs, some chicken, some tofu. I marinated in like fish sauce and black pepper and whatever. Oh, that was not vegetarian. Sorry, if anybody's <laughs> listening and thought that was vegetarian, I apologize for oh, revealing that I was, there's fish sauce in there. That boy revealed it on air. Fuck, that is going to be a problem for a few people. Uh-oh. <laughs> because we had also published, we published the, the quote-unquote menu for this barbecue in the Fixer newsletter, and then a bunch of people who were at the party were like, hey, I already saw what we're eating today. So now I'm revealing to you also that the vegetarian tofu was not vegetarian. Sorry. Wow. So if you were to ever cook mm. for me, Chrissy, and you would put shellfish in there and then well, come I after mean, the fact and tell me, oh, my, my bad, Brian. Uh, what He's happened was... forced you to make shrimp on this show. It's yeah, true, man. It's not true. to be trusted. <laughs> Through the power of suggestion, I'm just like, you need to eat this shellfish. But my, my, my point was... Brian's dead. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> he came, he flew all the way out here to visit us. I <laughs> finally cooked for him and then I marked him. <laughs> Listen, Brian, at least you know that if I accidentally kill you at a barbecue, I will apologize on a future episode of Recipe <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey, and shout oh, out to our yeah. former wedgie, Brian Ford, who I killed at the barbecue. Uh, oh, sorry, no. man. I'm really yeah. sorry about that. That would be wild, but hey, it's all good. But so I set out all this meat. I set out rice noodles. I set out herbs and then like nok chom. And then Rachel, I watched everybody. Mm-hmm. I watched many of my friends. Their like default was like take a little piece of lettuce and then like make a little lettuce cup, like make mm-hmm. a little cheesecake factory lettuce cup. And Rachel Kong was the only one who I saw doing it the way I would have done it, which is just like pile it up, house it in knock chom, and then go to town. Like that's what you gotta do. <laughs> like, what's a lettuce cup? What are you doing? <laughs> so as always, I appreciate Rachel being there to uh to to light the path for others. Anytime, Chris. Anytime. <laughs> I expect invites. You're always going to get invited. Uh, And Brian, I'm going to be out your way soon. We're going to, we're going to break bread. I made promises about this. I'm going to be in New York pretty soon here. I might be there in the middle of your cookbook shoot though. Then I I always got to have lunch or drinks, man. So you already know what it is. You already know. It's going to happen. I will, uh, I will vanish mode you later. Yes. Ooh, vanish (laughs) mode. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) So we have Brian's, we've got Brian's cookbook to look forward to. We have future barbecues with, uh, Rachel Kong to look forward to. But right now we're doing this recipe club episode. Yeah. And this season, (laughs) in case anybody forgot, we are, we are listening, we're, we're taking single, oh, a single listener submitted recipe. Not a single listener submitted recipe. Nobody who's married or in a relationship. <laughs> a single. <laughs> this, is the, this is the new For dating loners scam. only. <laughs> we don't, if, if, if you're already attached, we don't want to know what you're cooking. We only want to know what the singles are eating out there. We're, eat, we're dedicating each episode to a single, comma, listener submitted recipe. And today... This is Rachel's Rachel's theme ingredient, right? You picked this one in the draft? Yeah. My number one. This was your number one draft choice. I seaweed. think so. I'm trying to remember what was in my heart, but yeah, I love seaweed. You do love seaweed, and as I do quite a few people out there. If you do a uh if you do a Google search for seaweed recipes, you get just about 20 million results, which is eh, kind of light, honestly. Yeah. And I like started flipping through some of them. I would say like 19.5 out of 20 million of those are seaweed salad recipes. Like that's basically all you get. Um, hmm. But seaweed's out there. Let's start with this actually, Rachel, because way back in the day, 
you have a track record of of seaweed love. When we were working at Lucky Peach, you went on a seaweed foraging excursion. You wrote about it. Can you talk a little bit about like, you're the only one I imagine. I don't know, Brian, have you done any seaweed foraging? No. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I don't want to out you here on Wrestling Club, but no, like, he's not a seaweed like, forager. No, no, like, no. I'm not. <laughs> Rachel, tell us a little bit yeah. about how this actually goes down. Well, yeah, I mean, I like you said, I wrote a piece for Lucky Peach. I went foraging with uh, some, I think, self-described hippies off of the Mendocino coast. Also, would you also mo- describe them as hippies? Though? I would a hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent describe them as hippies. Very, you know, like really true, true hippies. Um, <laughs> sea, sea salt of the earth type of people. Yeah. Uh, we true. went and we foraged um, off the coast of. Mendocino for all different kinds of seaweed. We got like nori. I think we got wakame. We got kombu. And they would hang them out to dry. Um, It was really easy. You know, we just went out at low tide and we um, like snipped snipped them off (laughs) off of rocks out of the ocean. It's really easy. And I think anyone can do it. If you're in Northern California, you can do it in Sonoma and Mendocino. um, Pretty much the summer months, there's like different months for every kind of seaweed. I think kombu earlier in the year and then um, earlier in the summer and then nori later on in the summer. But it was super fun. You know, you don't need a license. I don't think, don't quote me on that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think you could just like kind of, I mean, if, if you're not, if you're just like, you know, getting some seaweed for personal use, I don't think you need to uh, alert any fish. Everyone in California people. is actually allowed one personal use plant of seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was really fun and just, you know, it's so beautiful out there, especially you go out usually in the morning because that's when, um, uh, or at least that was when the tide was lowest for us. And um, it was a lot of fun. And, and so those guys, those hippies, they, you know, <laughs> used seaweed for all sorts of things. The 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 woman that I was talking to, um, she said they used it as a sexual lubricant. Um, they oh, like yeah, kind okay. of what? took some some goop off of the seaweed and just. For uh, real? Just, yeah. Just like open the bedside drawer they get and pull down. And mind you, these wow. folks were like in their like 70s, I think. And they were very just excited to continue to use. Uh, that is uh, organic. That's the definition loop. of organic. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I am in awe right now. Of <laughs> 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 I don't even know what to say And it's probably that. got some minerals in there. Maybe it's good for whatever up in there. <laughs> wow. I it's I mean, for... I'm... <laughs> dare I say I'm about to go forage for seaweed now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, boy about, your boy about to learn quick. Try to forage for seaweed? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I love it. So, But these are the people who are, they're like seaweed heads. So like, I imagine they're yeah. just like, Seaweed for cuts, seaweeds for sex, seaweeds for eating, seaweeds yeah. for anything, right? Like that's the, they're seaweed people. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> was, I always imagined this thing of just like you're, you're out there just snipping seaweed and rubbing it on your body or whatever. But I remember you said something or maybe you wrote it in the article about like the cool thing about seaweed foraging is like you don't have to identify anything really. You just like take yeah. a bite and if it's like good, it's yeah. good. And if it's bad, it's bad. Yeah, it's pretty much all edible and some of it just tastes like not that great and some of it is more delicious wait so let's let's talk for a second about the the taste of seaweed actually because i you know you google like seaweed flavor i think the internet and all the websites like to describe it as like salty or briny but like i think that's like the most basic non-descriptive like explanation of seaweed (laughs) flavor like it's salty it does not mean anything uh what can you guys do you guys have a handle on like what seaweed tastes like to you do you have a handle on that yeah, or like a way of can like i describing? say something more than salty i mean you just you I just mean, basically shit on what i was gonna say nah, I'm just um <laughs> man i don't really you know to be honest no i don't have a good handle on it typically i only eat uh nori when when it's uh when i get sushi which i get quite often from some pretty good places here in the city i don't i mean 
it tastes like seaweed. Tastes great. I love it. I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it, though. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, yeah, that's my that's Brian Ford's hot take on seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like it's just a t- I mean, how, how do you describe it? Like, how are you gonna describe it without I, Google, I mean, looking for some adjectives? I was <laughs> like googling some adjectives real quick. Like, <laughs> what you like? It's like carrageenan-y, you know? What the hell? <laughs> no. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I don't think it's just salty and I don't think it's just briny or whatever, but I do think it has kind of like a little bit of like vegetal taste, like a, like a dark leafy vegetable taste to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a tiny bit of bitterness, I would say, mm-hmm. but it is like very umami. It's not yeah. just salty. Mm-hmm. It's obviously mm-hmm. like the essence of, of dashi and everything. So it's like, it has umami to it for sure. Do you eat it wet? Like, can you eat it right when it comes out the water? Yeah. Does it taste different than when it's dried? It tastes kind of, uh, it's like more salty, obviously, because you're eating it straight out of the ocean. But it's like pretty much, I think you dry it and then rehydrate it. And it's pretty much Uh like quite similar to to how it tastes like straight out of the ocean. Yeah, I would have said, Chris, like oceany. Is that the other? I mean, it tastes like the ocean. ocean. It does taste like the ocean. That's a good one. Like to me, it's kind of related to like a mushroom flavor. Like it tastes Mm. kind of like... Uh, like more savory than I don't know broccoli. <laughs> I actually, it's a, yeah, it's I think a sea thing, so it's yeah, yeah, it's kind of like tastes more like primordial. It has like its own built-in seasoning, though, right? Like yeah. it, 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 it has like a built-in flavor profile that you don't really need to adjust in any way. I, I, yeah. I can say that because it tastes so distinct. So other than other than sushi, which you just said, like in nori form, mm. I mean, Brian, that's where you're mostly consuming it. Rachel, what yeah. about you? Like, where are you mostly ingesting your algae? um well i think i mentioned this on the the draft pod but i i like eating those regular toasted nori snacks in the in the big sheet format um and i'll just snack on those (laughs) as i like i think that's my number one snack probably um I'm probably poisoning myself with iodine, but um, that's that, that's a top snack for me. And then I do have like seaweed soup or I don't know, sometimes a sea- seaweed salad or something like that. But I think for the most part, it's like a snack food for me. I do like mm-hmm. a soup a lot, though, which we will mm-hmm. talk more about. Yeah. Chris, what about you? I like a soup. I mean, dashi plays a huge role in our house. So there's lots of kombu going into that. Um, which I, I have a new appreciation for. Like for this episode, I was watching some some videos on like seaweed production and things like that, and I and I didn't really realize that like high quality kombu is like harvested by hand by a guy in a boat and then dried on the land for like four days and then dried in storage for like two or three years before it gets like what? snipped by hand and then packaged and sold to you. So it's like that's what? the good stuff. That's but like so real, real Japanese like dashi kombu is like intense. It's not just like oh, I found this on the beach and I put it in a plastic bag and here you go. Like it's that's a hippie I, version. You could do that too. You could, you could, you could do the, the hippie version. But like that's probably mostly where I take it. I don't like that electric green. I used to like that electric green seaweed salad that's like flavored oh, with yeah. sesame and vinegar and everything. But like I don't know. At what some point it? in my life, it started tasting like real algal. Yeah. And just like, and it looks like a swamp, you know? Yeah. But otherwise, you know, other than that, I'm just eating the, you know, uh, seaweed wrapped caviar and Bloomsdale spinach at Saison and things like that. You know, just high <laughs> For a cake. We just had for a cake barbecue too. Yeah, everywhere. Sprinkle that on everything. <laughs> Sprinkle that on your corn wow. or into my kid's uh, rice porridge this morning. Last thing I will say about seaweed in general. Before we get into the uh, specifics of this recipe. And the reason why I'm sort of driving it, like, how do you describe the flavor? How do you, like, convince people to eat it? Is that, like, seaweed is one of these, like, sort of miracle, save the planet (laughs) potential ingredients that, like, if everybody just started eating it, we would just be fine. Seaweed as a whole produces, like, 70 or 80% of our planet's oxygen. (laughs) And is, like, eminently sustainable to produce 
super important to to the planet. And like, if we could just figure out more ways to eat it and more ways to describe it other than like, it's a salty salad. And maybe. So anyway, guys, thanks a lot for trying for saving the world here. I'm trying to seventy percent of the oxygen comes from yeah, seaweed. It's produced from seaweed, man. So wow, I have like such a new respect for seaweed. Like I'm about to start right? worshiping seaweed. Like, are you kidding? You provided all the oxygen. You provided all the oxygen. You could be lube and you taste fire like, nah, like I'm about to be, are you serious right now like about to be the, number of ingredients, the number of ingredients that you can eat breathe and have sex with are so <laughs> slim man it's probably it's like just so one <laughs> eat breathe and have sex with seaweed bro that's it wow. man that's the only one in the list it's one list and one ingredient and i feel like it has you know it has omega-3s in it omega-3 fatty acids which you yeah. can get from fish but like fishing is so fraught right like you're mm-hmm. like everything is being overfished everything is filled with like heavy metal so i feel like seaweed we all have to eat seaweed so that's what we're doing here we're convincing you all this is a sea- seaweed psa we got a we got a pretty good number <laughs> of recipes for seaweed some hawaiian ones some japanese ones but the one that stood out to our own rachel kong was rita lee's thai seaweed soup what uh? What stuck out to you about this one, Rachel? Why did we pick this? I picked this because I don't think I've ever seen a Thai seaweed soup like at a Thai restaurant. Maybe I haven't been paying attention, but I see other kinds of soup, coconut-based soups, sour <laughs> soups. I don't ever see a Thai a Thai seaweed soup, and so this intrigued me pretty immediately. Um, I think a lot of the other recipes we got were Japanese and. I think that's something that we've come to expect, right? Like we eat seaweed in Japanese restaurants, but um, this one seemed different. So so that was why I wanted to try it. I think I, I've had Japanese seaweed soups, Korean seaweed soups, but I never really tried a Thai seaweed soup. Yeah, same. And so this was sent in by Rita Lee, who is who says, as a Thai studying abroad in Japan, there are limited choices of recipes sometimes because Asian stores are not very diverse here com- compared to when I was studying in the Netherlands. Surprise, surprise. So Rita kind of uh, came up with this recipe while she's studying abroad. She sent it in to us. This might change by the time this episode comes out, but we have not been able to track Rita back down. So I did not get a chance to talk to her. <laughs> and I wanted to ask her some questions about this recipe. Rita's in the wind? Rita's, <laughs> <laughs> Rita's, in, Rita's in the wind? Like, what, what happened to Rita? Rita? Rita's in the wind and we are trying to get a hold of you. Rita, if this came out and you didn't, you didn't talk to me yet, we're looking for you. We're going to find you. We're going to track your ass down. Maybe someone killed Rita at a barbecue with oh, shellfish. Jeez, maybe Chris cooked for Rita or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, it's manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter, not murder. Brian, he's been thinking about how to make this look like an accident. Got to commit oh the God. perfect, the perfect murder. I gotta watch out. I gotta make sure when you see me in New York, somebody else is with me. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> How to commit the perfect murder. Start a food podcast. <laughs> oh uh, my God. This, this recipe from Rita is um it has there are some there are some difficult to understand measurements and things we'll get into here. But basically what you do for this recipe is you make little meatballs out of ground pork, mm. um, ground up cilantro roots, which I couldn't find, garlic and black pepper, fish sauce. You make these little meatballs and then you basically poach them in the broth that you then add Napa cabbage and soaked vermicelli noodles and uh, dried seaweed to. Super simple soup and then seasoned with more fish sauce. And I think she calls for pickled garlic brine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we'll get into what we all actually did here. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. 
So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Rachel, it's your recipe. You want to talk us through your experience with how it went down? I really want to hear how it went for Brian first. I'm so curious. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just like, yo, I thought I was about to kick back, listen to you, you know what I'm saying? Say no, what you no, did. No, I no, I really want to know. She you know, won the coin toss and then let you, kick the ball to you. I ain't got, <laughs> hey, I ain't got no, I ain't got no problem. Look, yo, this is, let me tell you something right now. First of all, I'll start from the basics. I hate food, uh, grocery delivery services. All right. I uh-huh. typically don't do this, but I, I'm so busy. Couldn't go to the store, get these ingredients. So. It was a complete success, guys. I got cilantro wow. roots. I got you got cilantro, cilantro root Dude, delivered they, to you. Now, now oh they're cut. They're, no, they're they're cut off though. I this came with roots that were like this long. I know y'all can't. You're hearing me. I got some beautiful roots in the cilantro that I ordered, and it it all wow. came in 20 minutes. It was the best grocery delivery wait, wait, wait. experience what of all time. What was the store? Where'd you get Food it from? Bazaar. Food Bazaar. Food Bazaar got everything. Wow. Um, so, That's so, amazing. F- yo, they gave me a 80% huge nap- of what I had to say about this recipe was how you can't find cilantro roots. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, no, the, lot, no, the cilantro, look, you can see the roots. It's yeah, beautiful. No, roots. That's nice. All right. So, and that's interesting because, you know, cilantro is used in, in, in Latino food all the time, but ne- I never thought of, never heard of or used the roots before. So that was, and they, they have a very interesting, um, uh, situation that happens when you hit them in the mortar and pestle. So, you know, I made the, uh, you know, put the garlic in there, the, pe- the pepper. I minced up the cilantro root first because when I was hitting it, nothing was really happening. So I minced it. Then it turned into like a paste, put it in the pork. I used a vegetable, a seasoned roasted vegetable, bouillon cube situation to make my broth. I put the pork balls in. Yo, it was phenomenal. I mean, the one thing I will say about this recipe I mean, you know, I, I did everything as instructed. It, I, I used the fish sauce. It's just anchovies, so no allergy concerns there. Uh, Napa cabbage was on point. I think that the Napa cabbage shined brighter than the seaweed. Uh, I think that the Napa cabbage was so flavorful in there. Obviously, the pork was as well, and the vermicelli noodles. I, I, like, I like seaweed. I don't feel like it was the star of the show for me. When I, when I ultimately ate... You know, maybe it's because I used this vegetable broth or something that was pretty potent. But I mean, the seaweed was there. It was like an after effect. It was like a touch, like a complimentary touch. And I mm-hmm. thought the Napa cabbage and the pork were really the driving factor mm-hmm. in, you know, maybe if the seaweed soup had no meat in it, you know, no pork balls and just like just like more seaweed or something, it could have been a little more seaweed forward. But it's very delicious. I ate a lot of it. It's a very good recipe. But the seaweed didn't really stand out to me as like the as like the yo this is a seaweed recipe you yeah. know what i mean it felt what more what kind just like, did you use what kind of seaweed i got nori i mean was that i i couldn't so that's the thing about the grocery delivery services they brought so the one you re- recommended was uh the wakame and that's the one i selected to come but the nori came so i was like okay i was mean was it like just the dried sheet it's uh, yeah it's the dried sheet is that bad was i not supposed to use a dry sheet <laughs> That's bad. I mean, it's not bad. It sounds like well, they don't even really say in the recipe, so it could be that's what she means. I have no idea. So the recipe calls for a half or one portion of dried seaweed unseasoned. And again, we could not get a hold of Rita. She's in the wind. <laughs> Rita's still, wait, so Rita's in the wind. Rita just left me for 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 in, in the dust using yeah. a sheet of dry sea, seaweed. So 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 this this oh. is bad. No, I mean, well. I think normally when we do, like, I think normally seaweed soup uses wakame, like Chris recommended, which is kind of like this kind of 
big dried thing that you you like rehydrate in the water and it like expands a lot. Um, There's this other kind that is, I think, nori um, that comes in these blocks. Chris, do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Where it's like Mm -hmm. more like a cake. It's almost like a cake of tea or something where it comes Mm -hmm. in these blocks of seaweed. It's like poor tea, but it's like a block of seaweed. And it's, I think that's more Chinese or something. So you can get those two kinds and that's what is normally put into soup. So this is why the seaweed did not stand out for Brian Ford because <laughs> no, Brian no, Ford. But I think you're <laughs> onto something. Yeah. In ramen, you'll have like a little yes. square of nori yeah. on yeah. there yeah. or something. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. I I imagine like so that nori does not have a ton of like seaweed flavor to it though, right? That's right. probably why it didn't right. taste like yeah. particularly. Yeah. And like I I would say like if I did you just put it in whole or did you crumple it up or shred it or anything? I, like that? I shredded it. I shredded it by hand and like put yeah. it in in chunks. That seems yeah. Like I mean the that right sounds good to too though because I love it when you get that square of nori yeah. in the ramen and it, I just I mean, always yeah, want that... more of it. They only give you one, and then if you add more, yeah. it's like a dollar each square. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I just bring some from home and yeah, like slide man. it in. Bring some from home, <laughs> but I think in that case, like the nori in like the in the ramen or in 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 Brian's soup is like it is less of a star like character and more like it's bringing a ton of umami to the broth for sure. Yeah, right? it's like definitely yeah. adding something to it. But texturally, you know, it becomes a little challenging. And and like you said, like the the cabbage probably is like much more pronounced. Cabbage in, was in nice, but soup. maybe maybe yeah. I should have boiled it in the broth for longer before adding anything in. But before adding, because I added it kind of at the end, like I added it with with the cabbage. What if it was in too. there before? No, oh, I think too? that's good. I think that's good because yeah, you right. don't want it to like melt, right? Dissolve. Like that's sometimes the problem that I have with seaweed soups, or especially with like the wakame, is like that it it just gets like goofy. Maybe a little mm-hmm. luby, right? Like it, yeah. it, like it just gets, it just like starts like totally. It becomes like pleasantly slippery. <laughs> it just slides down your throat in a way that's a I think, little I, strange. I think we're, I think we're onto something here. Dying. <laughs> slides down your throat, huh? Dying. That's a but new th- one. I mean, this is one reason I think. I mean, like I'm going to bring it back to this, and then and then Rachel, I want to hear your your experience of it. But like when it comes to why don't more people eat this amazing ingredient that's going to save our planet, like it's confusing, right? Like most of most seaweed is sold with a Japanese term or Japanese name. Like you don't really know. And then like, I'm sure your shopper who you've like asked to get wakame is, is like, I don't know what that is. I'm buy this thing. It's all the same. Right. Yeah. And so like, and then like seaweed itself is like a confusing thing. Like Rachel just held up the bag of, of wakame, wakame seaweed. And like mine was like smaller, but they're like shrinky dinks. So like mm-hmm. when yeah. it's dried, it's real tiny. And if you've like seen miso soup in, or you've seen seaweed in your miso soup, and then I say like, here's a handful of dried, crumbly, shriveled, like hair looking seaweed, you're not going <laughs> to assume that's going to turn into what you see in your soup, which is like a delicate little square of whatever. But like, it's a confusing ingredient to get into. And like, we, we definitely, uh, you know, got confused with this one too. Um, Rachel. Tell us yeah. about your your seaweed soup adventure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I, like Chris, couldn't find cilantro roots. I really wanted them. I mean, I think they're so cool. It's like spinach roots when you find them. Like, I love. Yeah. They're so weird and, like, nipply looking and kind of <laughs> fun. Um, but I couldn't find them, so I just used cilantro stems, and I, like, mortar and pestled, like, a whole handful of those. I um, made the pork meatballs. They weren't really, like, meatballs. They were, sh- like, the mixture was so loose Um, but I just kind of like spooned it into the soup and that was fine because I knew it was gonna, you know, like firm up in the soup. Like I said, I wanted to use a different kind of seaweed. I wanted to use like that, that cake of seaweed that I think is nori that comes in Chinese, Chinese grocery stores, because I think that this soup kind of reminded me of something that my mom made growing up, which is like that kind of seaweed, the sort of cakey nori um, with like ground pork and I think like scallions and stuff and and maybe white pepper. Um, and it's really easy. She made it a lot. I thought maybe this was kind of um, like in that same family of soups. So that's what I wanted to use. But I could only find this Korean wakame. Um, so I just used that instead. Actually, I don't think they call it that, you know, sorry, colonization. It's just called fresh dried seaweed, but I think it's in the, the wakame family. Yeah, so so I, I, you know, I just eyeballed everything, obviously. It's like, how much noodles do you think you need in here? Because, like, what is half a portion of, I don't know, whatever. So yeah. it was just kind of like, I used um, 
not too much seaweed, just enough that I knew, like a small amount of dried seaweed that I knew would like get really, really big in the soup. I used um, just like a small handful of noodles and I made some pickled garlic because you what? I kind of I just I just boiled some garlic with like like rice vinegar and water and sugar and salt and like made a really quick pickled garlic with like oh. Thai chilies because I feel like when you eat those noodles in Thailand like it's so good to just like add all that vinegar mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I I really I just thought I'll I'll do this really quick and so I did that yeah and I thought it was delicious I mean. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree with Brian that it was like not super seaweed forward, even though I did use this seaweed that like really expanded and and there was a lot more of it in the soup. I just think that's also kind of what I liked about it because sometimes you eat a seaweed soup and it's like so much seaweed. I also really like those Korean seaweed soups that are, I think, like seaweed and beef and like sesame mm-hmm. oil and stuff. And I love those, but it's like if you're not used to eating a seaweed soup, it's kind of yeah. a lot. It's like just a lot of slimy stuff. And like, <laughs> right, I'm kind yeah. of into it. <laughs> I like, think I just you're like eating like <laughs> what, what the world was made from. Like a primordial soup. But I feel yeah. like, you know, it connects me to um, <laughs> like the ame- amoebas that we used <laughs> to, to, to your eat. Single <laughs> my single celled ancestors. So, oh and you know, like, it's like a Korean tradition to like eat a seaweed soup on your birthday, I think, to honor mm-hmm. your mother. Um, wow. So I love those seaweed soups too. But I think the thing that is so good about this one is that there's other stuff going on. So even if like seaweed is not your favorite thing, like the cabbage is like really good. It gets like soaked and like super delicious. And then the pork meatballs, I just thought they were so good and they're really easy to make. Yeah. I made mine like I think extra garlicky, which was so good. Yeah. I just really liked it. Eli, my husband thought it was the best recipe club recipe. Wow. It was the best one I've had in a while. I mean, I've been making pineapple Ritz cracker nonsense. So (laughs) 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 when I will say though, Ryan's been on, (laughs) they've been disasters, (laughs) Uh, but no, but you know what, what what I want to say though, for like people not familiar with cooking Thai food, like, you know, myself, I, I I enjoy it. I go out to eat and I love it. But to to make that kind of flavor profile, like this was so easy. It was yeah. simple. It was not a hard recipe. And when I ate it, I was like, man, like I feel like I'm legit like in a restaurant ordered a bowl of soup and like it's and it tastes, it's got that that very unique flavor. And I was like, yo, it, it took me like 10 minutes, I don't know, 15 minutes. Um, so that yeah. was pretty cool about it. Yeah. It's that, it's that fish sauce and vinegar acidity. What did you use, Brian, for for pickled garlic water so so and that's what you know i messed up man i i just forgot about it. i ain't even i ain't even put nothing i ain't even you try to substitute it. i just well, forgot you yeah a squirt of lemon or something in there i mean i got a, i got leftover so i'm gonna I'm figure something put out some hot but, sauce uh, yeah that's your boy you already know i'm from new orleans i'm gonna put some hot sauce on i put, <laughs> I put hot sauce in my water <laughs> i put hot sauce in my i put hot sauce in my water <laughs> what y'all talking about <laughs> put some hot sauce of course i'm gonna put some hot that's 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 a given. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Oh my god! We just got a preview of the next uh, Brian Ford single. I put hot sauce in my hot water. Hot sauce in my yeah. water. No, it's, it's, good, the, it's gonna be it's the flaky biscuit. It's coming out in a few months. Here, I mean, we were, we're working oh on an album. It's gonna be, we're gonna have a vinyl coming out anyway. Uh, <laughs> hot sauce in my water better be on that B side though. Yeah. Look, I just found some of the cilantro roots chilling. Look, see, I got, I got. Oh whole, my god! This was, this was from that cilantro bunch I showed you. Like whole wow, long that's amazing. roots game. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Dude, that is awesome. That's awesome that's that you actually were able to find that via delivery because I absolutely. Well, was I not. didn't ask for it. I just ordered cilantro, and and it came it had with the, the roots. roots. Yeah, they had the wow. biggest coincidence in recipe club history. Like I was, wow. I gave up. I was like, I ain't gonna find no cilantro roots, so I just ordered a bunch of cilantro, and it came like, like that. That's that's wow. outrageous. That's no, outrageous. Yeah. I will, actually. I will show you the order receipt from Instacart. <laughs> I legit. I just said cilantro. I was like cilantro. The mug came with roots. That's amazing. <laughs> no, that's it was nuts. It was nuts. It Do you think nuts. the flavor was different? Like, what was the flavor? The cilantro root flavor is very concentrated cilantro. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. almost it's a little more sweet. It's a little. It has like a sweeter fragrance to it. I mean, it smells, it's delicious. I love cilantro though. They got yeah. them people out there that think it tastes like soap. I think it's ridiculous. I don't know what that's all about. I, <laughs> not, I'm like, I don't like cilantro. It actually tastes like soap. And I'm like, what, do you, yeah. how, what are you, what are you talking about? How? Wow, that was why so do good. you eat, first of all, why do you eat soap? <laughs> I think it's genetics, Brian. It's like you being allergic to shellfish. 
I will say though that Eli has that that soapy thing, and he ate oh, a lot shit, of soup. Shit, my bad, and he Eli. It was fine. Damn, no, 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 no. I feel oh, like it's. I feel bad. I even <laughs> never even Eli. met Eli. No, never no. talked to no, Eli. Trust and me, I just went no, after him. You can. You it's can, totally valid. Chris agrees. Totally valid. Totally you, valid to him. criticize. Eli's we can. We valid. Totally valid. <laughs> yeah. Totally valid. Uh, so I I like Rachel had a kind of I mean not the exact same but I had like a very specific sense memory of what this dish is supposed to be like from growing up like my babysitter or nanny when I was like very very young uh was a Hua person which is like a Chinese person from uh, who lives in Vietnam and so like this flavor profile it's not she was not Thai but like this flavor profile of fish sauce and ocean flavor seaweed and pork is like mm. foundational for me like this is what I <laughs> ate growing up was just like pork fish sauce noodles with uh not vermicelli like this one but with like thicker udon noodles like that's like the first food memory i have in my my life so like wow seeing this recipe i was like oh it's gonna taste like that and it's gonna have like rachel said like that you know you spoon on the on the table there's like a little jar of you know white vinegar with you know garlic and you just spoon that right into your soup and it just like adds a whole nother dimension to it like i knew this front and back but i was like my only concern with it was like, I'm going to fuck this up. <laughs> it's not going to be, it's going like, to taste completely different. It's going to ruin my day, but it didn't. So like the, 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 I also couldn't find cilantro roots. I just had the, I just pound up a bunch of uh, stems. I think that like, I love a mortar and pestle. I don't know how to use one. <laughs> Properly, honestly, yeah, I'm being I had honest. the, gar- I'm the like, garlic flying out too everywhere, like, man, <laughs> everywhere. So like, I, I just didn't want. I, I had hap- we were like doing this at like an Airbnb, and I happened to, there happened to be like Brian happened to get <gasps> cilantro roots. There happened to be a mortar and pestle. Wow, sitting the on gods the really counter. wanted us to make this soup. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. It was insane, and there was no like you know Nutribullet or whatever sitting there. So I used the mortar and pestle. I made the the meatballs, which I agree are like so delicious. Just mm-hmm. like. Fish sauce and pork are a, a, a match made in heaven. It's like the same formula, Rachel, as those meatballs I made for the barbecue. And then there happened to be some dashi there. Uh, Chang was cooking in the kitchen too and left exactly as much dashi as I needed. So I used dashi, which I think made the whole soup taste more seaweedy because mm. I was like double mm-hmm. seaweed on this thing. Mm. I used the dried wakame. It's really hard to gauge how much it's going to become because it is like a shrinky dink and just like expands like crazy. Well, so it's like opposite shrinky dink, shrinky dink. You're, ta- you put you're in thinking the about oven. those t-shirts that you like can. I'm thinking about the no, the I'm thinking about the little pellets, pills. little yeah. dinosaur pills. Those aren't shrinky dinks. Those are the <laughs> dinosaur pills. What are y'all talking about, bro? <laughs> You've never seen what these. Are you talking about <laughs> when I was when we were when we were kids? <laughs> we had these like little. Do you know those It's like little a little capsule, and you soak in water. Pill? And then it expands out into like a little dinosaur-shaped sponge, basically. A colorful pill that's turned into a dinosaur. Send, send you some. This is things. so sad. Your childhood is dinosaur pills. Wow. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Get me some. I found, I found some on Amazon already. I'm sending it straight to you, my friend. <laughs> it's coming straight at you. Uh, you, can, man. you can pay me back the three dollars and eighty cents later. No. I. I think the nabba cabbage in the soup is delicious. I think, like, you guys are both right. The seaweed is kind of a little bit of a, a backseat to this thing. Although I put a ton in there and I used the dashi and, and uh, Noelle was with me and she was like, this is very seaweedy. Mm. But, you know, maybe she's got a seaweed sensitivity. I think that you could do this with other noodles, too. Like, vermicelli are hard to work with, man. They're, like, very, like, especially, oh, yeah. like, they're was, very mm. long. Which kind did you use? Because there's so many things that are labeled vermicelli. That's another thing with this recipe was that I just kind of, I mean, it's it's why, like, Brian, your dried seaweed problem is totally valid because it just says seaweed. Like, there's nothing yeah. detailed on this recipe. So I use, like, those, oh, my God, <laughs> the, um, like, these kind. You use those, yeah, those are better, I think. Like, you use, like the bean mung bean, thread, ver- mung yeah, the bean, bean thread. vermicelli, which comes in this, like, pink fishnet stocking situation mm-hmm. but like uh, <laughs> this is the sexiest episode uh, sorry, no, no, talking about fishnet. we got the fishnet stocking <laughs> that seaweed lube man this episode is horny uh, as hell I, I think that's probably better Rachel because I use like the ones that the come rice. in a big bag that are just yeah. like yeah. when yeah. you expand them Same. out they're two and a half three feet long yep. each noodle um, but I really 
I, so this might just be me and this is not faithful to the recipe. But like when I was a kid, we ate this with like thick udon noodles and it's like so good. Like, so it's so delicious and soup like that. I didn't have pickled garlic and I didn't make any. So I used my new favorite sort of pantry goes into everything is like the, the water from pickled jalapeno. Like I just oh, use nice. that to garnish at the end, which is <laughs> yeah. so delicious. Ooh, yummy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Pickled jalapeno in general, by the way, just needs to be like integrated into more cooking and not just as yeah. like a topping. Like chop that shit up, put it into sautés, use that water for everything. It's the fucking best stuff. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. And so what I also like about a recipe like this is because I can just add that at the very end, I can serve this soup to my kids or like who anybody who doesn't want spicy or doesn't want anything like that. And then just have the little spicy thing at the end. It's not going to take away from it to like add it at the end. So like, I love, I love this recipe. I think it was like, mm-hmm. I will definitely make this again in some form or fashion, maybe even like with a little less seaweed or like maybe no <laughs> seaweed whatsoever. <laughs> I think it was really good with like chicken broth. Chris, oh, like yeah. Ch- Dashi, I could see being yeah. like intense, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken broth would be really, really good with this pork broth. Anything like, I mean, you want kind of like a lighter broth, I think. So like the the little cubes or or bouillon from the jar would work well. Right. The veggie broth was nice, man. I'm surprised. Ooh, yeah, it was, yeah. It was is a little seasoned vegetable. Uh, man, it was nice. That joint was it was nice. <laughs> the vegetable. So you use like a little cube. Did you use a little cube or the jar? No, it's actually it's a jar of like thick concentrated paste. Yeah. And I didn't, stuff. you know, didn't measure it. Just boil some water, put that in there, let it hit up real quick, and it was like it was nice, man. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> I love those concentrates. Yeah, like, I remember concentrates when I was amazing. a kid, I drank a lot of um, bovril. What's bovril? You know that it's like it. Maybe it's a like a British slash Malaysian thing, but it's like um, like a beef, a beef stock basically, or a beef soup, and you like B-O-V-R-I-L, rehydrate it with ril. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, bovril. It's like you drank I think a they lot advertise- of that as a kid. Yeah, it's like for like invalids basically like you're (laughs) you're supposed to like refortify yourself but like for some reason that was just a staple in my household and it's really delicious uh it's just like a beefy tea it's beef tea i think is what they call it (laughs) so like bone broth i mean people drink bone broth now people drink i think it's less healthy than that but yeah it's like kind of a retro food it's a it's a retro food beef tea (laughs) beef tea Brian, your respect for seaweed has gone up in this episode. My respect for Rachel Cott has just gone through the roof. That as a kid, she was just drinking hot beef, beef broth as a beverage. That's insane, man. Wait, yeah. can I say one more thing? Chris, you were talking about like the mortar and pestle proficiency or whatever. Like I mm-hmm. grew up in a very mortar and pestle based household. And mm-hmm. um, like my mom was always using it. And I used it a lot as a kid because she would put me to work like grinding things in the mortar and pestle. It's still a little like hard to to use, you know, but like I feel like there's the pounding and then the kind of smearing and um mm-hmm. and I have just been doing it for so long. And I think when I was maybe uh like six or seven, was pounding something for my mom, missed, pounded my hand, oh my and I God. still have like this like little disgusting piece of scar tissue like on my like kind of thumb the palm oh my of my, my wow. hand area. You pestled yourself. You pestled your... Pestled. Is it, the pestle is the, is the stick? The pestle the is the... Whole? Uh, yeah. You, you got pestled. Yeah. <laughs> I pestled myself. You got oh pestled. My God. But, you know, I think it I think it made me stronger. So... You, pe- you pestle whipped yourself. Yeah, pestle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So, okay, let's just... Let's spend two more seconds on this. The technique in general. Yeah. Brian, where would you rate your uh, mortar and pestle skills one to ten absolutely abysmal probably i'll give myself a two just because like one i'm not uh, one means i mean what <laughs> one, are you doing? Dude, i got you yeah no who's a, who's a one i give myself a two because i could i could get uh you know where i thrive with the mortem pestle when we made the um the mojo criollo from mr bacon Last year, I remember. When we did Mr. Bacon, I did all the garlic in there and I did pretty good. You know, what's the problem is the beginning of it. Like yeah. when everything so this is, is my just, question, yeah. what is the beginning? What's the first, what's the service stroke for, is it a smash <laughs> first, Rachel? Yes. 
I think it's a smash first. You like hit the big pieces and you like crush them it, into the thing. It flies out. It, for me, it flies out when I try to do a big you hit. You kind of put your hand over the... You that's know, why like, you hit that's how you pestle yourself. No, 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 <laughs> I do, they do that hand motion that. again. I do, yeah, they, they can do it. I, I do slow. I take I take the pestle in my hand and do slow pulsations. Yeah, I, yeah. I vibrate it yeah, on like the thing. Like I hit it like that, I'm, and then I'm once it breaks, I'm blushing, like guys. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> once it breaks apart, then you hit it with the big ones. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you do the then you um yeah then you just you go around. You know, you kind of, do you put? <laughs> I'm gonna ask a real question. Do you put? Do you ever? I think if you put like a little salt in there, it helps yes. like a yes. less less fly out, right? Like a little some like traction for your pestle. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a so I, it's a smash and then like a grind and then sort of like a stirring motion. Yes, is like the, the progression the for a, for a yeah. pestle. I put the salt yeah. in there right away. Yeah, because I think salt yeah. helps, especially with oh. garlic. Yeah. Well, we didn't know that. I didn't know that. But like a little flavor paste into a meatball pro yeah. move. That was, that's, yeah. a, that's a 100%. delight. And then she does have a, a, a nice tip at the end that if there's too much pork filling for you, you can just use that same filling to put into little dumplings or something. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, magic. Uh, okay. So I think that we all liked this one quite a bit. Yes. Rachel, make the case to the community that this is the recipe that they should make this season. This is the winning recipe. They've got to make this one. Let's hear why. Well, I'm kind of amazed uh, that it was so good. I know that seaweed is not necessarily an accessible thing, maybe in America, but it should be because it's our oxygen and we need it to survive. <laughs> it's also very inexpensive. Um, and this was really like, I think we've all said it's such an easy recipe. It's pretty delicious for not very much time. It was like 10 minutes, I think 15 minutes maybe. Um, and it's just like, you know, savory, oceany. Did we come up with other adjectives? (laughs) Mushroomy. We said it was mushroomy. America's other favorite food. Pickled garlic brine. (laughs) It was delicious. I think it's just, it's it's surprising. Like, I think that's what was great about this recipe to me was that I kind of always expect seaweed soup to be just a little bit like swampy and like slimy. But this was really like pleasantly interesting. And and the meatballs, like we said, they're so good. And Mm -hmm. um yeah. This is like one of those soups that you eat that are like feels I mean it's pork balls and fish sauce but still when you're eating it I mean I don't know how you guys thought but like it feels really like restorative it feels like good yeah. for you too. Like it's lots of vegetables, it's a clean broth. Mm-hmm. You know, not tons and tons of like over the top fat. It's not like a tonkotsu broth. It's just like a clean soup right. that like feels really good to eat. Like this is like a this is I don't know I don't know. Rachel, you're probably with me, but like this is breakfast for me. <laughs> like this is like <laughs> morning, morning food yeah. for me. I love. I think this it's thing. like yeah, like you're saying that sweet spot of like you like the the pork makes it good, but it also feels like good for you, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not one of those like actually like advertised as good for you soups that tastes disgusting, right? Like it's right. not yeah. like a cabbage soup or something, or yeah. like one of those like really like like a more green <laughs> vegetable soup. It's just like an actual good soup that happens to have like yeah. really nutritious yeah. things like in the, it. Like the pork and the seaweed have like lent their, like, like Brian, I think you hit it on the head. It's like the cabbage becomes the star because it like gets the, all the goodness from everything else. Oh, yeah. It gets to be porky. It gets to be, you know, garlicky and, and, and umami. Like it gets to absorb all the good shit. Yeah. I love that Napa cabbage, man. That, that has a place in my heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh... <laughs> And, and eat more seaweed, guys. We we've we've discovered it's cheap, it's edible, breathable, it's fuckable. You can do anything with seaweed, guys. More seaweed. Uh, next week, I'm back with Dave and Priya, who's got a tomato recipe all teed up here. We are going to share Rita's soup 
recipe on Discord and in our newsletter. So sign up and share. When you make this recipe, remember at the end of the season, whoever's recipe was made by the most people will win some kind of grand prize. And then check out the video version of the episode on our Spotify feed, Recipe Club TV. You guys seen this thing? There's We have our own little video feed on Spotify oh, now. It's pretty oh, sick. Oh, snap. I didn't see that yet. I'm not gonna <laughs> I have to peep it. Uh, we're coming down to the last couple of ingredients for each wedgie. Rachel, you've got two left to choose from. Spinach or plantains? Platanos. Ooh, Which one do you want to go for? Platanos that I took from Brian Ford. Am, am, I, on the, am I on the Platano episode? Yeah, that would be messed he? up if I'm not. It depends. I think it depends on when you, which one you choose right now. I, I don't know how it'll shake out, but. Yeah, well, I'm going to, I'm going to choose that. Platinos? Yeah. Let's, ho- let's hope I'm well, let's there, hope guys. Let's hope for Brian Ford. Let's hope for let's Brian hope Ford. Let's hope he's not because he's just going to embarrass us with how no, well he's last time, last time I couldn't even peel one, Brian. I, peel <laughs> I remember that. That's plant. true. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Please give this podcast a little little rating of five stars wherever five you can stars. do that. Subscribe yeah. to it. Follow it. Whatever it is. Wherever mm. you are listening to this, do something. Just, <laughs> just do something already. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you all soon.